Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Live, Learn, Love podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Chavez, and I'm so excited you're here. Keep listening to hear from my diverse group of leaders, sharing their insight on leadership, health, career opportunities, wellness, or personal development. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Okay, so the first question is, what was your motivation behind running for state office? That's a good question. I think that there's a lot of things that motivated me to run for state office. I grew up with a background in FFA. I was kind of exposed to it at an early age. My parents actually met serving as state officers themselves. So it's kind of a unique story, a little bit different situation that I had. So I got the opportunity of seeing what FFA was at a very young age. My parents have stayed involved in it since the time that they retired their jackets through serving it through the past state officer organization. So I got to see that and kind of follow them around and see what it was from the inside, what being a state officer was like. And I also had two older sisters. And being the youngest of three, I got drug around every single place that they did. I was always there. So I got to watch them and their journey through FFA and how it impacted them. So it's kind of seeing all that made me love FFA before I was even old enough to join. I had a passion for something that I wasn't even a part of. So whenever it was finally my turn to join, I kind of just assumed what it would be like, what it would feel like to be an FFA, but I was completely wrong. Uh, (laughs) Once I got into FFA, I fell in love with it even more. So I fell in love with the idea of what FFA was and what I was told and what I had kind of seen. But then once I joined it, I truly fell in love with what the organization was and how it impacted me personally. Because everybody's story is completely different. It impacts everyone in a different way. And so that's kind of when, it was probably about my first state convention I got to actually go to as a FFA member. I went to many before I was actually a member. I went with my parents, but that first one, so it was the summer going into my freshman year of high school, I got to actually go in my own jacket for the first time. And that's when I probably knew I wanted so badly to run for state office. There was a boy that was a state officer from George West from my home chapter that year. And I got to see someone that had been looking up to for so many years serve in such a unique way. And that someone from a small town like George West, in the middle of nowhere, made such a big impact on a large scale. And I knew from that moment that it was something I wanted to do. And so from my freshman year through my senior year, my passions kind of changed. They shifted like anyone's. I got older. I got to see different lights of what this organization did and my passion and my desire to run for state office grew even more. So I guess that's kind of what made me uh, just got getting to see it and grow up in it and seeing someone that I looked up to serve in that position. Yeah, that's really cool. That's so cool that your parents like met as state officers. Like that's, I don't think a lot of people can say that. That's (laughs) definitely super cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. It made for um, lots of giving speeches at homes, kind of had my own at-home ag teachers is what I called them all the time, but <laughs> definitely definitely made me a little bit more stressed out from time to time because I knew what they expected of me. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, the second question is, what is one of your biggest takeaways you have had from your year as an officer on the state level? Yeah, so my state officer year was obviously a lot different than most. Ours was impacted by COVID. So about halfway through Sometimes as a state officer, it's horrible to say, but you get so caught up in what you're doing. The fact you're on a stage, you're doing all these things, but when I ran for that position, that's not what I ran for. And so when everything, the world just shut down in the middle of our state officer year and 
one of the hardest days, I can definitely say, was the day that they told us we couldn't have state convention in person. And while yes, I definitely had my pity party, laid in bed, cried, was upset and heartbroken, but then I just, it occurred to me that that's, I didn't run for state office to run through a tunnel. I didn't run for state office to stand on a stage. That's not what I was there for. And it was at that moment that I realized, and I said to get over it, quit feeling sorry for myself, not, don't be upset about it, but realize that I had it such a unique opportunity. My team and I had an opportunity to bring state convention to people who had never been to state convention in their lives. So I think remembering what I was truly there for and remembering to serve others, even when it's the hardest for you, it, different situations that you weren't expecting. I think that's something that I took away. The biggest takeaway I had from my state officer year is to remember that service is about being selfless. It's not about yourself. It's not about a spotlight. It's not about a title, but it's about helping others become the best version of themselves. Yeah, I mean, y'all's officer team definitely had like a very difficult year. And I think everyone, if if they were in that position, they would definitely taken it pretty hard too, but I think y'all did pretty well. I mean, y'all still put on a great convention and I know a lot of people enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. And <laughs> I'm definitely honored to be a part of the team that had to be at the forefront of change. And I'm really proud of the current team for how well they are handling their unique gear as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the third question is, how did you decide to go to college at Texas A&M? Oh. I, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't really know. I kind of always grew up loving Texas A&M. It's kind of always where I felt at home. Um, one thing that I've always been really passionate about, I guess you could say, is that everyone is unique and there's not a perfect college for every single person. There's a perfect college for a unique individual and it's different from each person. So A&M is just where I have always felt at home. My dad was an Aggie, so we kind of grew up being A&M fans came here pretty often growing up. My oldest sister was also an Aggie. And so it's just, I just always instantly felt a connection when I was here. Community is a really big thing to me. And what I love about Texas A&M is the network that it comes with. Every, if you're an Aggie, they love Aggies. So they're <laughs> very supportive of each other. Um, and also this, it's a big town, College Station, but it revolves around the college students. And that's really unique. I think about Texas A&M is that the community is there to support the students. So I love that about A&M. And I, it's what I'm, I study ag business and there's really no better college in Texas that I thought would be best for my opportunities and what I wanted to study. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm actually gonna be attending A&M next year. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. And I can definitely agree with like the community aspect of it. I mean. I don't even go to college there yet and everybody like that I meet who is also an Aggie they're like so supportive of me so it's really cool to see. <laughs> yes I'm excited for you to come what do you want to study? Um, I'm going to be studying nutrition and I'm going to be be going through that to be a registered dietitian hopefully. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yes I'm excited. <laughs> and then the next question is can you describe one super impactful moment you've had in the FFA? Definitely, hands down, the most impactful moment I've had in FFA was I was also a Ford Scholar, and it was the very begin, the first day of our Ford Scholar training over the summer. And Kelly Newman was our trainer. And being a competitive group, if you're a Ford Scholar, you're probably a pretty competitive person <laughs> at FFA. You love what you're doing, 
and they told us to go around and introduce ourselves. So of course, they told us you had two minutes, exactly two minutes, no more, no less, but we had no idea how much time we had been going. So everyone stood up, started naming all these accolades, awards, positions that they held, what they were doing, all these different types of competitions they competed in. And then once we got done introducing ourselves, they gave us a piece of paper and they said, write down every accomplishment you have ever made in the FFA. Again, being a competitive group of people, we, try, we quickly were writing down as much as we possibly could, like it was a competition, write, wrote down every possible competition, every <laughs> award I had won as quickly as I possibly could. And then when the time ran out, they said, okay, everyone look at your paper. We looked at it, kind of looking around, seeing how much everyone else wrote. And they said, they put a trash can in the middle of the paper and said, okay, now tear it up and throw it away because we don't care about that. And for a second, it was the most shocking thing I had heard. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> like, we all worked really hard for this. But then when I came to think about it, leadership and service is not about who you are. It's not about what you've done. It's not about positions that you held, because all that in the long run means absolutely nothing. In that moment, I realized why we were there and why I wanted to be to serve others and why I wanted to be a leader. It was to impact others and make a difference, not to hold a title that nobody's going to remember in 10 years. So definitely one of the most impactful, life-changing moments in my FFA career. Yeah, that's funny that you brought that up because they actually did that to our group of scholars too. And that was very like shocking to me too because I was like, what? It was, I was not expecting them to do that, but it's definitely yeah. something that I'll remember forever. Yes, definitely would never forget that moment. The next question is, how do you manage the stress that comes with leading a busy life? Oh, man. <laughs> you just kind of get used to it. <laughs> Never had anything but busy, and I love that. I'm a person that thrives off of being busy and having a lot of different tasks to juggle, and that's just kind of where I'm my best version of myself. During quarantine, I realized that I don't do well if I don't have a lot to do. So I've kind of added extra tasks to my life just to get myself busy again, because that's where I'm the best version of myself. I'm the happiest, all these things. But with that, I have to stay very organized because there's a lot to do. I'm a full-time student, so there's a lot of assignments I have to remember, especially with classes being online. Everything kind of gets jumbled up. So I have this huge whiteboard in my office have every class I'm in, every different organization, and I have dates, times, everything written down, and I have to reference that every single day because I will forget. So managing a stressful life, you just kind of find what works for you the best and roll with that and forget, be able to forgive yourself whenever you do mess up because sometimes it's a little crazy, but forgiving yourself, realizing that you're still a person and you're doing the best you can, but staying organized. Yes, definitely. I can definitely relate to thriving and like business whenever, like during quarantine, I also struggled because I was like, I don't know what to do. So I can definitely relate to that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last and final question is, if you could share one piece of advice with teens in today's society, what would it be? Yeah, I, the biggest thing I can say, I mean, I've 20. I'm not, just barely got out of the teen stage. So this is still advice that I have to give myself every day. It's to do something because I want to do it. Not because society told me to, not because that's what's expected, not because that's what the norm, but because I genuinely want to. 
It is who I am and it is going to make me a better person. As cheesy as it sounds, there's so much push to like, make your social media look like you lead this perfect life. And we all know that none of us lead a perfect life. So being vulnerable and being truly who you are is the biggest advice I could give. Don't get caught up in comparing yourself to this, these social media influencers because they don't live a perfect life. They're human. They have, everyone lives a great life, but there's mistakes, there's issues, there's hard times. And that's not always seen through social media. So don't compare your life to other people's and think that you are less because you're not. You're a beautiful human. You're perfectly great in your own unique way. So do not compare yourself to other people. Don't have this perfect aesthetically pleasing Instagram if that's not what you want. If you want to post pictures of yourself being goofy, having fun with your friends, not in makeup and sweats, whatever you want to do, post it because that's you. Don't post this picture that you took 30 minutes trying to take because you think that's what you have to post on your Instagram. No, absolutely not. Could be yourself and do things because you want to and they make you a better person. That's yeah. definitely, it's advice I have to give myself daily and you have to remind yourself of. So if I can give any advice, that's what it'd be. Yeah, that's great advice, especially nowadays, like, because there is so much push, like, to have this perfect social media and just, like, then everybody just thinks, like, they have this perfect life and then you look at it and you feel bad about yourself. So I definitely need to hear that. So thank you. You're welcome. You're perfect. And you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. You're unique. And that's what makes everyone perfect is their uniqueness. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for being on the podcast. It means a lot. I mean, you're a huge, like, a lot of people look up with you within the FFA. So I know that a lot of people will watch this and get a lot out of it. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. I'm very honored that you asked me to join you. And I'm very proud of you. It's been really exciting to get to watch you throughout your time in your Ford Scholar project and seeing you get all these different people and getting to hear all these opinions. I know that there's a lot of FFA members and even non-FFA members that are really benefiting from the hard work you're putting into this. So Aw, thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Learn, Love podcast. Make sure to follow the Instagram podcast page at Live, Learn, Love podcast to get updates about episodes and learn more about the guests. Also, make sure to visit the website linked down below to learn more about me and the podcast, as well as leave a review or suggestion. See y'all in the next episode. Keep aspiring growth.